0: Hey now, welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. Today, we're talking about one of the things that for me in dealing with causes or organizations that are important to me, we're dealing with the thing for those organizations that has been the most difficult for me, even though I put the most effort into it. And we're talking about Fundraising. We're talking about raising money for the things we care about the most. And we have an expert today who's gonna help us understand how to do it and how to do it the right way. We're speaking with Chad Paris. He's the principal and CEO of a company called Paris Leaf. He's gonna tell us all about what he does, how he does it, and maybe he'll even give us some tips so that we can do it more effectively. Welcome Chad Paris to the Inside BS Show. Chad, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Explain thank to you. folks what you do.
1: Yeah, so uh, uh, personally or as a firm? I, I guess I'll give you both. So Give us both, yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, so first and foremost, as, as, as Dave mentioned, thank you for having me on today, by the way, and uh, to all the listeners. Hello. Thank you for your time. Um, so our, our firm is a brand and digital agency for nonprofits. We specialize in fundraising campaigns. As far as what I do is, as Dave mentioned, principal CEO, which basically means i'm I'm mostly in charge of uh, vision culture and sales. those those are my core responsibilities and just make sure the the uh, the, the, the train stays on the tracks. so that that's typically my my day to day.
0: Okay, so when you when we talk about you help with fundraising, uh, give us an, a couple of examples of how you help people raise money for i'm assuming causes that are uh, that are important to um you know to the to the community causes that are important to specific groups give us a couple of examples chad sure
1: so uh, i'll start real high level and and first say you know we've as a firm we've worked on everything from you know three million dollar campaigns to three billion dollar campaigns and really everywhere in between Uh, naturally uh, because the way fundraising works when you're running these more substantial what are called comprehensive or capital campaigns it's kind of a cumulative Uh, a build-up effect. And so um, uh, over time, in in the almost 12 years that we've been doing this, we've helped our partners raise a little over $4 billion, uh, working on uh, probably about, I think we're at 20, a little over 20 campaigns. So typically larger campaigns, working with medium to large size nonprofits on medium to large size, what we call medium to large size campaigns, which means typically you're looking at about uh, over $50 million dollars uh, is where a firm like ours is brought in. The reason for that is, is you know, getting into your, your answer is because in order to justify our kind of horsepower and firepower, uh, you really do need to be running a, a larger campaign. Um, a lot of times the smaller campaigns, what they need is really Uh, What's called a a fundraising council is a technical fundraising consultant, someone who's going to be there um, on the grassroots level with you, uh, interviewing donors, figuring out what that goal is going to be, uh, setting the vision for the the campaign, or at least building out the framework for the campaign. Where we come in and take the baton is really in helping with the messaging and identity piece. Um, You know, what is going to be what motivates. Uh, beneficiaries, donors, uh, researchers, leaders of the organization. Um, So the way we accomplish that is through research. Uh, We talk to the various constituents, what we call stakeholder groups. Uh, We'll talk to the donors, we'll talk to the leaders of the organization, we'll talk to the beneficiaries, we'll talk to the community and find out what are those motivating factors, what are those things that we can all agree on. Where that agreement happens, that's where the story lies. And that is our job, is to really tap into the story. Once we figured out the story, we know what motivates everybody, what's authentic to the organization for the fundraising campaign. That's most important is that it's got to be authentic. Uh, this idea of smoke and mirrors and marketing that doesn't fly anymore. It's got to be incredibly authentic, otherwise people are going to poke holes, they're going to blast you on social media. You've seen tons of organizations, uh, unfortunately, just getting demolished in in the news and in social media. So it's got to be authentic, and then we build a visual system around it and give them the tools that they need to go out on the fundraising trail. So plenty of examples for that. Um, you know, the the first one I'll mention, and, and tell me if I'm going too far in depth here, Dave. Uh, no, the first doing one I'll, great. Keep it up. Uh, great. Great. Thanks. So uh, first one that, that comes to mind is uh, Remission Summit. This is a partnership with the University of Florida. It's about a $300 million campaign that we've been working on uh, and, and built the brand for initially. Um, the idea was that they wanted to uh, take what is considered as a, a lethal diagnosis, as a brain cancer diagnosis, and they wanted to move the survival rate from about 5% to 50% in five years. So naturally, the most important parts of that is going to be, you got to have the researchers that are going to be able to, to contribute the research to move the needle. You got to have uh, the patients, obviously, the most important people and their families. And then lastly, you got to have the donors, the ones that are going to be able to fuel the mission. And so that was, that was one of the more exciting campaigns we've had the opportunity to work on and the way we started the process, exactly how I described. We go out, talk to the inter- talk to the donors, talk to the researchers, really combine all of that into one nice package uh, that really resonates with everyone. And then they're off on the fundraising trail. So we've yeah, got plenty of other examples like that, but that's the one that, uh, one of the ones that, as we talk about, you always look for the ones you can talk about around the Thanksgiving table, and that's, that's an easy one for us.
0: No, that's tremendous. That's a great example. Thanks for that. T- talk a little bit about how you got started doing this was it was it mission driven for you or is this something you just discovered as you were you know as you were coming up and you know maybe doing doing other things in the marketing realm
1: yeah th- this has always been mission driven for us as a firm so i i came up working uh side by side with designers and writers um uh, i came up through traditional old school cold calling sales. Uh, but I worked with some really, really talented writers and designers, and I saw that when you have great copy and great design, that moves the needle. When you have great storytelling and a, and a great visual system, um, that that really helps sales. And so that was my, my introduction. It's actually uh, initially t-shirts. So I, I started with a, um, uh, one of the largest screen-printed t-shirt manufacturers in the southeast, uh, big operation. And... Um, we, we had some incredibly talented designers and writers. Uh, ultimately, we launched our firm with the idea of doing eco-friendly online printing. And uh, this is at the height of the recession. It was the worst time to start a business, 2010. Uh, the wheels had fallen off. The car had come to a full skid. And um, within about six months, we realized that the only green people cared about saving was Money. Uh, they wanted to keep money in the bank account, and, uh, and the environment wasn't, wasn't really a, a concern. The idea of green and sustainability was still a fad, and uh, people still didn't know what to think about it or why it mattered. So we ultimately evolved into uh, Brandon Digital after about two and a half years. Um, It was through a a series of of happy accidents, honestly. And uh, ultimately, we we got a a great national nonprofit. We ended up grabbing their attention just by chance, happened to have one of the decision makers in our community. And so ended up picking them up. And over time, we got a chance to just work with some really, really great nonprofits over the years. But I got to give a lot of credit to our, our greatest partner, the University of Florida, they've, they've given us a ton of opportunities uh, to, to prove what we're capable of. And the fundraising team over there has, has been absolutely incredible. Um, the, the, the credit absolutely goes to those guys. But having them in our backyard, that's really where we got a chance to cut our teeth. Um, that's been, you know, the, the biggest feather in our cap has been the work we've been enabled to do with them uh, because of, of their firm.
0: That's great. That's tremendous. All right, Chad. Now I'm going to give you. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to give you a minute to think about the answer. Um, and it's uh, a question that may be going through the mind of a lot of the people who are who are watching or who are listening right now, because you sound just like a you know just like a regular marketing guy, right? So what is the difference between helping with a fundraising campaign, doing the business development, doing the marketing work for a fundraising campaign? versus doing the marketing for, say, a a company, just a multinational corporation. Take a minute, think about that answer because I need to remind people that we're brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. For over 35 years, Sandrowski has been helping businesses just like yours entrepreneurial businesses, and they've been helping them with their tax planning. They've been helping them with risk management, and they've been helping them with business valuations. So let's say you're the owner of a business and you take home what's called a distribution every quarter or maybe every month. And you're wondering, hey, could I take home a little bit more? And what would the tax implications of that be? Sandrowski can help you answer that question. Maybe you're thinking about how the business is going to end for you. And when you sell the business, how much you're going to have to pay personally in capital gains tax from selling that business. Well, Sandrowski can not only answer that question, but they can also help you insulate some of the money that you earn from the sale of your business, from your hard work, your blood, your sweat, your tears over the years. They can help you insulate some of that from taxes. And they can do that by using a qualified small business exemption. It's an actual thing in the tax code. And it is really nuanced. So here's what you need to do. Rather than have me explain it to you, because I'm not an accountant, I can't explain it to you. The Sandrowski folks know this inside and out, and they've been helping people with it for years and years and years. I want you to give them a call right now. Call 866 717 1607. 866 717 1607. Sandrowski Corporate Advisors, they're a CPA firm with a different perspective. We're also brought to you by my revenue roadmap guide. So you're a professional, you're a business owner. Want to build your business, but you want to do it in a way that's natural, that focuses on thought leadership, that focuses on relationships, that focuses on adding value to the lives of the people who you serve. Here's what I'd like you to do: download my free revenue roadmap guide. This is the exact business development plan I use with my clients. You can download it right now for free. Go to revenueroadmapguide.com. Revenueroadmapguide.com. Enter your contact info there. You can download the same guide I use with my clients. Customize it to your business and you will be able to grow just like the pros do. Revenueroadmapguide.com. It is my free resource for you as a thank you for watching and for listening to the show. We're speaking with Chad Paris today. He's the principal and CEO of Paris Leaf. They help organizations raise money. They're a, fund ra- they're a group of fundraising experts. If you wanna reach out to them, you can call them at 352 352- 3775560. Okay, Chad. So I love what you do. I love everything that you've said so far. We we're all wondering now. This sounds like you're. It sounds like you're you're a marketing guy. It sounds like you you know you're you're into business development. What's the difference between what you do and how you do it for nonprofits, and how does it compare between that and you know corporate? business development, corporate marketing, how does it compare? What's the same? What's different? Yeah,
1: so for starters, great question. And first, let me say, you know, thanks to uh, the sponsors over at Sandrowski for having us. It's it's uh, it's folks like them that enable us to get to have this conversation and, and to your firm as well, Dave. Um, uh, it's a really great question. I think first and foremost, maybe a bit of a surprise. So, So branding and marketing couldn't be more different. The way I like to look at it is uh, marketing is what magnetizes, is is what pushes you out. It it pushes your name out there. It gets you out to the masses. Whereas branding magnetizes you in. So once you've gotten some interest from your marketing efforts, I like to see branding as the closer. And maybe it's just from my sales background, but that's how I really like to see it. Is is that you know. Branding is going to be what what really magnetizes the right audience. So maybe you did a great job with your marketing efforts, getting a bunch of eyes on your brand, your cause, your nonprofit, your campaign, but branding is going to be the one that really lures people in and it's going to be the right people and it's going to be ideally, if done well, the most authentic people that are in alignment with the mission. Flipping over to the second question, what's the difference between branding for large corporations and branding for a large fundraising campaign? The answer really is not a whole lot. Um, uh, You know, to be honest with you, it's a very similar process before we even got into fundraising um, and and focused on fundraising campaigns and working with nonprofits. We did a lot of work in the corporate world, um, you know, very focused on, on branding. And our process translated right over to fundraising. The major difference honestly, and, and, you know, why we've kind of niched down, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, um, is because, you know, it it was really hard to speak the lingo of all of these different industries, to be so generalized, to go and jump into one industry and try and become the expert on that industry, to go jump into another industry and, and become the expert, that there's so many different nuances and idiosyncrasies and laws and rules in every single industry. So the benefit of being really focused on, on nonprofits and fundraising is, you know, we, we speak the lingo of a technical fundraising consultant without actually being a technical fundraising consultant. So to answer your bigger question, though, there isn't much of a difference. And this is what these larger fundraising campaigns are figuring out, is that they've got to put a really strong brand behind their campaign. And when you do that, it supercharges your fundraising efforts. Um, so that that's been why we're kind of carving this brand new niche that really doesn't exist. It's it's, it's been a really fascinating process.
0: That's great. Thank you for that. Uh, clarifying those two things are really really helpful. One of the things that strikes me, Chad, and one of the one of the things that I think is incre- what what you do is incredibly valuable is. You know, I, and I'll give people the example. I um, I do some fundraising for a couple of organizations here that are that are important to me personally. And I'm in the Miami area, and I got involved with um, Mount Sinai Medical Center here in Miami when uh, my wife was pregnant with my kids because they have a they have a maternity program, and they have a they have a foundation that really allows them to provide services to people who can't necessarily afford health insurance. So I got involved with them and I became a member of their foundation board and here's what I discovered. I didn't know this previously and maybe this will be educational information for people. When you join the board of a foundation, you're basically a fundraiser. They want you to go out and start asking your friends for Surprise. money. Surprise. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that's cool. I'm a, you know, I'm okay with that because I believe in the cause. I believe in the organization, but that's here's right. where I think you provide value. And here's where I want you to help um, folks uh, understand how maybe they can do it. If their foundation doesn't you provide value in, you give me the ammunition, you give me a good message Right, you have you have distilled down what their brand is, or you know for for the foundations that you work with. So you not only allow me to say, you know, here's who we are, here's what we do, and here's why this is important to you. Here's how this is going to impact your life, and you know, Chad, I'll tell you the people who are you know on the board with me or the people who are involved in the foundation with me, they're really busy people. And while I sat there and I was like, all right, how am I gonna make this relevant to my friends so that they'll give me some money? If you were there, you could say, all right, here's how this is relevant to the business community. Here's how this is relevant to the folks who are out there in the community and they care about the community as a whole. Here's how this is relevant to the local politicians right? I think that's an invaluable service that you provide. I mean, forget about the broad campaign for the individuals at the micro level who are going out and asking people for money. You've now given them a message that they can hammer home that's supported by all the material that you send out. So talk about that aspect of it and talk about the research that you put in. You touched on it, but talk about the research you put in to come up with the messaging.
1: Yeah, that's a a really, really great question. So thanks for that, Dave. So a a couple of things. uh, First and foremost, that is exactly what the branding agency's responsibility is, right? Marketing firm, again, goes out there and they're the ones that are, are really grabbing the interest. But what are they talking about? Board members, exact same thing. Right. What are they talking about? What's the message? So we have a a process we've developed. This is the the core part of our messaging strategies called the 10 questions every campaign brand should answer. It translates just as well to 10 questions every every organization should answer, whether it's for profit or nonprofit. It was something we devised when we were working largely in in for profit. and and this is the beauty in in the the focus for our firm really transitioning toward these fundraising campaigns is just really that, that kind of laser focus uh, around these fundraising campaigns, the, the the questions that that we need to answer you, you nailed though, you know why are we doing this? What are we doing? What's the elevator pitch when somebody says you know what is Mount Sinai? Why should I contribute to your to your organization versus anybody else? right what makes you different we need to be armed with all of those those facts right both facts and faqs the frequently asked questions right and so we have the the 10 most frequently asked questions highly recommend you guys jump on the website and download that that white paper whether again for profit non-profit running a campaign or not to answer those exact questions that you just laid out, Dave. Um, But that is the core foundation of both your marketing messaging strategy and also your pitch for the individual meeting with other individuals like yourself. Um, The other distinction I wanted to throw out there, and this is why fundraising campaigns are so essential, is that it's been proven when you run a fundraising campaign, versus when you're not running a fundraising campaign, you're going to raise more money. There tends to be more motivation, more energy. You have a a goal, you have an end in sight, right? This isn't an indefinite thing. When you're just out there fundraising day to day, it's an indefinite thing, right? You're gonna be there for forever so I can give to you whenever, right? But for a fundraising campaign, we have a set goal and a set amount of time, and that tends to motivate people even more to write even bigger checks and to make even bigger commitments but also, it enables these nonprofits to put a flag in the ground and to say they're going to change the world in some kind of very specific way in a very specified amount of time. So that's why these fundraising campaigns can be really, really effective ways for nonprofits to raise money. You take the same exact rules we just talked about and you translate them over to the 10 questions every campaign brand should answer. Why are we running this campaign as a nonprofit? And that needs to be informed by the nonprofit's brand. Yeah,
0: no, that's that's terrific and I think it is it's incredibly helpful for everyone who's listening to this I mean if you're if you're a business owner you should think about your business in uh, you know in that way using that framework it's incredibly helpful for the people who are going out to talk about your business I can't tell you how many times I meet a I meet a business owner and I say you know if you if you only had 30 seconds explain the value you provide in 30 seconds and the business owner is like well uh, 30 seconds i mean i you know they can't even they can't even talk uh, about uh, why uh. yeah they can't even talk about why they're in the
1: business they're in in yeah. 30 seconds right or or, so, or in the nonprofits case right they do so much and so right. how do i decide what is most impactful well you need to do that based on research that's what moves the needle right right you know and
0: with mount sinai's uh brand promise for example like when i first started working with them for me, it was real. the The level of indigent care they provide was why I was into it. Because I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer. I have been for years that healthcare is a right, not a privilege. And you know, because here in this country, we're guaranteed the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, you can't pursue happiness if you're not healthy. So the fact that they were providing a hundred million dollars in care to the poor and the homeless. You know, who's gonna pay for that? Well, that's where the foundation comes in. That was a big deal for me, right? So I'm out talking to rich people about how much indigent care Mount Sinai does and a lot of them could care less, you know? So so for, for those people, the message strategy was about, well, we're building a state-of-the-art uh, heart facility and we're recruiting the top heart. We've, we've recruited the top heart surgeon in the world who was at NYU Medical Center. We recruited him to Mount Sinai and the foundation allowed us to invest in that recruiting effort. Well, all of a sudden, you know, these 60-something, 70-something-plus people were like, oh, you're recruiting the heart, the top heart surgeon in the world. Well, if I ever have a cardiac event, now I can go to the hospital. So it was, in their, it was in their self-interest. So adjusting that messaging was critical for me. If I had just gone out there and banged the drum about the good work they were doing with the poor, a lot of those people, unfortunately, wouldn't have cared. So the research that you do in looking at the different groups that these foundations are, uh, are critical to serving is essential because what's important to me as a fundraiser may not be important to a group of people or the audience that I'm speaking to. So, talk to us about, uh, give us maybe give us an example, of, if I can put you on the spot, give us an example of when you uncovered what I would consider to be, like in that example that I just gave, a hidden. Uh, need or some hidden value that a uh, foundation provided, and maybe the executive director knew it, or maybe the, you know, the, the founder of the foundation knew they were providing value to this secondary or tertiary constituency, but nobody had really gone after, you know, folks who were interested in that cause. Give us an example of how your firm uncovered that secondary or that tertiary market, and hit them with an appropriate message that increased
1: their fundraising capability. Can you think of one? Yeah. Well, for starters, I want to take a step back because I think you hit on a really important subject. It's, and I and I know I I don't think we'll disagree on this. It's not that that uh, uh, you know rich people don't care about helping poor people, right? It's about finding the right people that um uh, that. That's a passion for them, that maybe they came from that background that maybe they were uh, you know first generation to go to college in their family um, you know their 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 family came over here from Europe or wherever it is and and you know they they came from nothing and and so that's that's something that's very close to them because they they were so close to
0: um, yeah. You... So I think, yeah, Chad, the way to, the way to phrase it is they, everybody cares about it, but there are certain levers that motivate people more than others. Right. So yep. I'll, give you, I'll give you an yep. example. So the cardiac thing motivated some people, right? There were other people sure. who were motivated by the fact that Mount Sinai Medical Center was the first hospital on, in Miami to admit Jewish people. And so I would be out and I, you know, as somebody who, for me, that wasn't a message that was at the forefront of my mind because my background is just, I'm, I'm not Jewish. So that wasn't at the forefront of my mind, but I knew it was part of the history of the hospital. So when I would meet with someone and I would say, what are some of the other causes that, uh, that you're interested in that you support? And they would say, oh you know, Friends of the IDF, which is the Israeli Defense Force. If somebody said they, they, they contributed to Friends of the IDF, I knew in the back of my mind that that was something that that bit of history about Mount Sinai That's was right. something that I should use in my messaging, right? So my point was not about bashing rich people. I love rich people. Oh, you, know, <laughs> I, that they're, you know, rich people are fantastic. Uh, I'm not bashing rich people. What I'm doing is I'm just illustrating the, the you know, the levers to push and pull to get somebody to engage with something that probably wasn't on their radar in the first place.
1: That's exactly right. And I think, I mean, you just use a great example why we need to make sure to arm our army of fundraisers with facts, you know, with with background, um, because that that is that that was just such a great example. I couldn't have come up with a better example myself, Dave. The the um, you know one example I, I like to use because you know try not to go too far in depth. A, a lot of our campaigns, by the way, the the campaigns we're working on are in what's called the quiet phase. It hadn't quite gone public yet, and so um, because of that, you know, we're we're in more of a confidential silent phase where we're trying to raise the majority of money. That's that's typically how you run a campaign before you go public with it. So uh, I'll give you one example I've come up with many times, uh, um, a really great group out of uh, Atlanta that's really working to address homelessness uh, worldwide, right? And so, um, you know, one of the things that we encourage them to do was to consider a, a much, much more substantial fundraising campaign. I think it was estimated that roughly, you know, if you had about... Roughly ten billion dollars, you could more or less address the the homeless population worldwide, right? And so, uh, you know, what we came back to them with was, you know, what if we did a campaign around a drop in the bucket? You know, let's call it ten uh, a, a billion dollars. You know, so let's go after at least ten percent. You know, let's start there. You know, and and as a nonprofit, our ultimate goal is to eradicate homelessness. But for this campaign, the campaign goal is is to address ten percent of of the homeless population worldwide. Well, the way we do that—a uh, billion dollars—is one one bite at a time, just like an elephant. You know how you eat an elephant one bite at a time. Is same thing with a campaign: one one initiative, one strategy at a time. So you come up with all these initiatives, like uh, you know, uh, job training, like um, uh, you know, dressing, like feeding, like housing, right? All all of these issues, and then finding, to your exact point, what are those specific pieces that are going to move the needle for donors? So maybe you have, again, first generation, uh, college grad, entrepreneur, right? They know the importance of jobs. And so they get excited about the initiative of, of job training for, for the homelessness. Um, so that, that's typically how you end up moving the needle. Maybe if you just came to them and said, hey, you know, we're working to eradicate homelessness. That's too broad. That's too general. But tell me something that's, that's really personal to me. And, and by the way, you know, huge shout out to these fundraising consultants because they're going to be the ones that help you find out that kind of information in their research and, and then pitch it back to them that, hey, this is one very specific campaign initiative we'd love for you to seed that we think could really help move the needle on ultimately eradicating homelessness.
0: Yeah, that's terrific. Great, thank you so much for that. All right, Chad, I'm going to ask you now to think about three things you want people to take away from our time together—the three key things that you want them to remember. Take a minute and think about that. We're speaking with Chad Paris. He's the principal and CEO of Paris Leaf. They are a branding company. They help charitable organizations <laughs> with fundraising, and they help. I got I got like 15 and things going through four. my. Head. Yeah. <laughs> We're speaking with Chad Paris. He's the principal and CEO of Paris Leaf. They are a company that helps with fundraising so if you need help with your fundraising you should call 352-377-5560 377 5560 we're brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors they're the CPA firm with a different perspective if you need help with tax planning with business valuation with forensic accounting with risk management you need to call Sandrowski you can reach out to them at 866-717-1607, 866-717-1607. All right, Chad. What are the three things we should take away from our time together
1: today? So I, you and I got a chance to speak a, a little bit uh, before we jumped on this this call, and um, you know, one of the things I asked is, you know, who are your main audiences? And you mentioned you mentioned entrepreneurs is is one of the groups that you really speak to. And, and so I would just say, you know, from one, one entrepreneur to another, one of the, the greatest moves that we've made is is just focusing um, and, and really getting laser focused. Um, in, in a specific niche, right? The, uh, the expression uh, that the riches are in the niches and it's not that, that we're rich or anything like that, but it has made things uh, much easier. So from, from one entrepreneur to another, any entrepreneurs that are out there listening, I just highly recommend, get as focused as you can, Um, you know, make sure that the niche makes sense, that there's enough opportunity there, but that's been tremendously beneficial to our firm. You know, going from a generalized branding agency to a much more focused uh, brand and digital agency that specializes in fundraising campaigns for nonprofits, that's made our message so much easier and it's helped attract the right kind of talent and the right kind of opportunities. Uh, so that's first and foremost. secondly, and this is again for entrepreneurs, but transitioning to your other audience around you know professional services. I know you speak to a lot of different attorneys, accountants, things like that is just the importance of, of discipline and focus. Um, you know I have, I've found and, and you know maybe it's just I'm, I'm getting into my, my grayer years here. Um, and so I, I'm really starting to, uh, you know, earn the the uh, the, the, the painful lessons, uh, but just the importance around uh, discipline and and focus, keeping your eye on the ball. Uh, that has been one of the greatest mistakes I've made throughout my career. Are the times that I take my foot off the gas, and um, I think it's really important just to make sure to stay to stay focused. But then on the other side, discipline and and a big part of discipline is not just focus, but is also self care. You know, making sure that um, I believe the expression is, you know, putting your own oxygen mask on first. In order to be there for other people, you got to make sure that you've got, you've got oxygen to breathe as well. And that's a big part of the discipline uh, that I, I put in as an individual. Every day I spend time getting my mind right before I jump into the day and all throughout the day I'm doing pulse checks to make sure to sustain myself. The last thing I'll, I'll mention, and this is probably the most valuable lesson I've, I've learned uh, and I think this this goes to anybody in life, but also you know particularly to startups, entrepreneurs. Um, if you're a professional, burgeoning professional, but um, it, it was the the understanding the importance of, of resilience and really just never giving up. Um, you know, the pandemic was not too kind to us. The pandemic was not too kind to many. Um, but all throughout our journey as as a firm. We've had times that have been really, really difficult, and all throughout I've constantly been reminded of the importance of just taking quitting out of your mind if you are doing what you know you should be doing with your professional career. Um, I get out of bed every day. I know this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, It's hard as hell. It's tough as hell, but it's a lot of fun, and we get to work with some incredible, incredible organizations that are truly changing the world. Um, It totally resonates with me in my bones, when you know that, don't ever give up, never quit. And um, that, that's that been one of the most powerful lessons I've, I've learned in my journey. So Dave, thank you again for having us and, and uh, to Sandrowski and, and to your firm for sponsoring the podcast. Really grateful to be here today with you. Oh, thank you, Chad. Those
0: three things were fantastic. Great lessons to take away. Folks, if you wanna reach out to Chad Paris, here's how you can do it. Call 352-377-55, 6352-377-55. Fifty-five, we're also going to put his email address and the website down in the show notes make sure to go to his website and download the 10 important questions you need to ask and you heard chad say it himself even if you're not in fundraising those 10 questions will help you with the branding for your business chad thank you so much for that thank you for joining us today dave pleasure (laughs) Digital handshake.
1: (laughs) All right, folks, that'll do
0: it for another episode of the Inside BS Show. If you're ready for even more, join us back here again tomorrow where we interview another fantastic guest. Until then, my name is Dave Lorenzo. If you like what you heard today, make sure you give us a shout out down in the comments. You can even just say hey now and throw a hey now down in the comments. If you didn't like it or you want to suggest a specific guest or you'd like to hear about a specific topic, leave that down in the comments too. Interacting with you is the lifeblood of what we do. We really appreciate you leaving us a message down in the comments telling us what you liked, what you didn't like, what you want to hear more of. So join us down in the comments with a hey now or to continue the discussion. We'll see you back here again tomorrow until then here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life